0: Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to the Liberty Report. With us today is Daniel McAdams, our co-host. Daniel, good to have you with us today. Good morning, Dr.
1: Paul. How this morning? <laughs> As usual, yes.
0: And this is a special day because we have a special guest. Yes. It's a friend that I've had long... T- time but i haven't seen him for a long time and uh we uh, crossed uh, paths uh you know with libertarian ideas and libertarian discussions uh, a long time ago and uh, we uh, attended frequently to doug casey's era society up in the mountains and uh we got to talk a lot and he had his newsletter back then so uh rick as you recall i'm sure uh uh that uh, we were doing things back then, but I want to welcome you to the program today because we've been looking forward to this.
2: Well, thank you, Ron. Um, and I, I was really looking forward to this too. It's, this is really great. Uh, I would like to say to the audience um, that um, I admire you so much because I don't think there's, and this is literally true, I don't think there's anybody else in the United States who has worked at hard, as hard at reviving the system of liberty as you have. And, and that is, I'm not exaggerating. I don't know anybody, and I know I have known a lot of people in the liberty movement, and nobody has done as much as you have. And I, I give you my personal thanks, I admire you and I sure do appreciate everything you've done.
0: Well, I I I think that is very nice, but sometimes it feels I feel a little bit embarrassed about it, but uh no, it, it is good, but I was going to mention to our audience that that we, we understood each other philosophically and in a, in a business sense and in a mm. social sense. Because I had a newsletter during the time, I was in Congress you know for about six, seven years. And then I said, I'm going back to medicine. I don't know if I like this place up in Washington. And uh, so, so I went back uh, to, uh, to practicing medicine and uh, had a newsletter, and it was a, it was a gold newsletter, and you knew about it. Matter of fact, you had your letter going, and to mm-hmm. me, it was remarkable because uh, you, you actually recommended our company uh, you know, mm-hmm. to look at it and to look into the gold issue, and mm-hmm. uh, it wasn't like, uh, a, a matter of fact, I, I believe you probably still had the same principle, you'll make recommendations but to uh uh, to make them more authentic, uh, you don't get reimbursed. It wasn't like I was paying you to say this, and that's why it meant so much. But that that's, uh, doesn't happen that often, but I know you're you're very uh, much uh, involved in, in principle. But uh, we mm-hmm. have a lot of things going on. Uh, Daniel worked for me a good many years. How many? Daniel 10, 15?
1: 20, 22?
0: He came as soon as 9-11 happened. He says, boy, i got to get in there and help rob. <laughs> Paul, he's going to have problems.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so,
0: but uh, no, he and he's been in charge of uh, the the research on foreign policy, and uh, it's been very very helpful. And uh, he has spent some time in Europe, and he uh, has a lot of experience there. But uh, I think it's fascinating what you have done, and uh, when I when I look at my meager attempt at writing. Uh, I think, holy man, just look at what uh, Rick Mayberry does. Oh, boy, you have a lot of books. You have your own library. And, <laughs> and before, before we close, we want to make sure everybody knows how to get in contact with you and also, also find out where those books are. And I think originally uh, when we were communicating here in the last several weeks, uh, are, are you starting a new newsletter or are we just going to be talking about the early warning report?
2: Uh, just the early warning report. Um, I've been publishing that for 32 years, um, and and that's my main uh, outreach uh, vehicle. Uh, the main uh, way to influence people.
0: Hi. Right, and uh, you, you, you had a few correct uh, warnings, and that's been great. Matter of fact, a lot of them. But thing, you know, excitement comes and goes. I would say the area of the world that you uh, spent your most time writing about, and chaos, stand that that of course is a fascinating t- title. Why don't why don't you just describe that uh, because it is your specialty, and that's what you're identified with. Uh, how you pick that name, and what does it include, and how much uh, how much of the changes going. On there that changes these boundaries in, in your land, you call Chaos stand.
2: Okay, uh, Chaos Stan uh, uh, means, well, in, uh, in Asia, the word Stan means the land of. So, Chaos stand means the land of chaos. And I call that the area from East Europe to the Pacific and from the uh, north pole down to uh, the southern tip of africa so you got africa east europe and asia or chaos stand and what the reason i picked that word is because that area has been just a sea of blood and destruction and hatred since the beginning of history There are thousands of ethnic groups and tribes and uh... and nations that have been fighting each other there in that area, chaos. stand for thousands of years, it goes actually back about uh, that we know of eleven thousand years of war. So um, <clears throat> the question is, why? What is so violent? Why the violence of that area? And the answer is that after the American Revolution, which which was uh, uh, you know, the, 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 the date for that was 1776. After the Amer- American Revolution was over, uh, Americans uh, probably erected the most uh, libertarian society the world has ever seen, that we use the system of liberty. Liberty isn't a condi- condition, it's a system, and Americans use that system of liberty and, and very quickly created the most advanced, uh, the most uh, progressive society in the history of the world. The rate of progress in America was astounding. Um, <clears throat> and the people in other parts of the world saw that progress, and they wanted that for themselves. And these revolutions broke out all over the place. And a lot of countries did move in the direction of the system of liberty. But then, late in the uh, 1800s, socialism came along, became the hot new fad, and uh, lots of people jumped on that, especially intellectuals, and um, they took over the schools and colleges and started teaching socialism, and they killed the spread of the system of liberty, and The area that never got the system of liberty Mm -hmm. was chaos, stand.
0: Right. You know, uh, go ahead, finish. I'm sorry. Okay. Uh, i 'm sorry, I interrupted but i uh, I, I think of Kyrgyzstan, and it 's a little bit incorrect because what you just outlined that 's a big area <laughs> yeah. Africa and everything I generally thought of it more you know in the Muslim uh, Arab world of today in the Middle East and which it is included and it is a hotbed but uh how does how does uh, that division uh, you know it, to talk about how how you describe how uh, the uh, Muslim system has been, you know, charged with a lot of things, and and they have had so, suffered persecution. How do you how do you talk about Russia now and uh, Ukraine? Is is that part of it? Uh, is there an Arab influence or is there? Uh, we, we certainly have chaos there. So you must include in that. But it would be a little bit different than what Bush was doing in the Middle East of, of a few decades ago.
2: Yeah, um, I, I see Russia and Ukraine uh, as as a kind of a purist uh, revival of what Kastan really is. These people hate each other, and they've been going at each other for a long time. And um, when you look at the Muslim uh, part of it, which is south of Ukraine, um, and those wars that have gone on there, uh, those are, uh, are, to a very large extent, due to American, I'm sorry, not American, the federal government's interventions in that part of the world, especially in Iran. Uh, supporting the Shah of Iran was the mo- one of the most stupid things Washington ever did, and that has, you know, in a kind of a domino effect, has led to these wars that involve Americans uh, in the Muslim world. Uh, so that's a, a really strong American influence that has blown up the Muslim world, starting with the Shah of Iran. But um, I think that it's it, with Ukraine and Russia. Um, that's more of the actual natural condition of chaos, Dan. That's just what these people do, because they don't have an alternative. They have no background in the system of liberty. They don't know, you know, what to do. It, at bottom, all uh, countries have really just three choices. You can have liberty or tyranny or chaos. There's only those three possibilities and chaos dan is is chaos and um, it always has been and it's going to be until those people begin to learn the system mm-hmm. of liberty
0: okay uh, daniel i believe has a question for you yeah, Rick,
1: yeah. In, your, in your latest uh newsletter you talk about what you call the river of weapons flowing from the u.s from washington from the military industrial complex in the u.s to ukraine Uh, Mm -hmm. to fight this war with Russia. Um, We know from today, uh, a report by CNN's Natasha Bertrand, who you could really call a mouthpiece for the administration, Uh, she points out that they basically know it by now in Washington that Ukraine is not going to get these territories back. It's not going to happen. yet, we hear from the NATO summit this week that we will continue to spend as much (laughs) as necessary, as long as necessary, to prop this up. Between the U.S. and Europe, we've put in $100 billion into this, uh, into this little scheme. And Zelensky, the president of Ukraine, said, well, that's fine and dandy, but I also need $7 billion a month to pay, all <laughs> my, uh, to pay all the wages here. Kind of reminds you of you know you, when your teenage son you know, he wants to borrow your car and wants to take the new one <laughs> instead of the old one. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, you know, as Dr. Paul would say, a few billion here, a few billion there. This starts to add up. How do you see this commitment to financing this insane situation? How do you see it affecting us? I mean, the economy, uh, what have you.
2: Um, Primarily, I think it's um, one more incentive for the federal government to go crazy or crazier printing money. Uh, The American people are, I think... Pretty close to a, a serious tax rebellion, and it, it could actually be a violent one. I don't know. But, um, you know, th- uh, in, my, in my estimation, about half of the population is really, really ticked off at the federal government, and um, they're not going to tolerate a lot more tax. So, as the government gets deeper into these wars and pours American tax money into those wars, um, how's it going to pay for it? It's going to be by printing money. So we've already got a serious inflation started here, and I think that uh, this insane intervention in Kazakhstan is just going to make
0: it a lot worse. You, you know the spread. Did you have a follow-up, no, 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 Daniel? No, no, I'll, I'll have some later. Oh, okay. <laughs> you, you, you know the. Um, the problems that we have, obviously, uh, expressing it in terms of chaos, is uh, not, not not too difficult. But it seems like in the last few years, even though it was smoldering here, probably closer to a hundred years, and that is what has has uh, evolved and is known now as wokeism. You know, and, and what is happening, and I see what's happening right now is a collusion between big business and big government. And that we're moving rapidly, you know, toward more of a fascist state or corporatist state, and. Uh this, this, I guess, it wouldn't be difficult to fall. We wouldn't have trouble figuring out. Well, is it the tyrants that are doing this? Is it the people who believe in liberty? No, not the people who believe in liberty, because that's who's the that's who's being attacked. But uh, it it uh, it looks like uh, the winner is going to be chaos anyway. But uh, talk, you mention a little bit about us how how you see this wokeism movement and, and how this fits into your scenario.
2: Um, I I I don't think I'm familiar with the term uh, ropeism. What, what is that?
1: It's the uh, wokeism is the cultural Marxist. Oh, you know the oh. cancel culture. Oh, I'm sorry. The, I'm yeah. sorry.
2: <laughs> yeah. Okay. Wokeism. All right. Got it. Um. um yeah. I mean. <clears throat> um. Yeah. To me, um, wokeism is the logical outcome of having government in, cro- in control of the schools. Um, the, the schools have been almost totally taken over by socialists, and uh, that's been the case since the 1920s. And um, when, when kids go through school, the parents are not told, you know, we're going to give your kid a socialist mentality it's it's that's never been disclosed and so the teachers are products of the school system and they have socialist mentalities and they don't even know it they they can't even identify it nobody will ever disclosed it to them and they teach these socialist lessons and <laughs> the main lesson is the that the solution to every problem is more government and and practically the whole population um, has been taught that and fortunately millions are are waking up and realizing they were lied to when they were in school uh, but um, you know an awful lot of the population has bought into that whole thing and it's it's the old thing about you know political power corrupts the morals and the judgment you know, I re- I write that lots of times all the time and and uh so they keep growing the government so the government's power keeps increasing and the government's uh, ability to corrupt everybody keeps increasing because political power is an evil evil thing all you have to do is read the the uh, works of the American founders back there in the 1776 area and uh, you know, they were really clear that, that they were scared to death of political power and they were going to try to set up a system that would neutralize it as much as possible. And that lasted for, you know, maybe 100 years or so. <laughs> and then the socialists took over, and here we are now. So, so you know, we've, we've got a lot of chaos in the United States. And I would, um, when we're talking about big corporations being in bed with the government, Rand made a very good uh, case in uh, atlas shrugged that big corporations don't have any choice they are big targets they can't hide and so if they don't get the government on their side they're going to be targets of the government they've only got those two choices they're going to climb into bed with the government or they're going to be victims of the government and, and we're all starting to get into that situation now, um, where the whole country is really facing that, that kind of a uh, dilemma. And um, I think America is in a crisis situation here that hasn't really been recognized yet. But we are pretty close, I think, to another revolution.
1: Yeah, I like how you point to the public school system as an incubator for this wokeism and the cultural rot that we have it's it only took a few generations to go from you know the odd teacher here or there to you know third and fourth generation have gone through the system taking their kids to drag queen story hour right so this shows mm-hmm. how how this takes hold but um y- you know you write a lot about libertarianism uh, you're a great proponent of it and we're in a situation now, and it, uh, dr. Paul talks a lot about this but we're witnessing mm-hmm. as you say economic collapse the war on speech the rise of the surveillance state, the national security state, the wokists who are basically authoritarians. You know, the mainstream media loves to say, well, there was a libertarian moment. It happened around Ron Paul's campaigns, but that's all over. We don't want to talk about it now. But Dr. Paul would say this is our greatest opportunity now to see the failure of everything they constructed up until this point. So my question to you would be, do you, do you see this as a moment of our greatest opportunity? And how do you think we can take advantage of it to push now the ideas of liberty?
2: Um, incidentally, Daniel, you're, you're, uh, uh, you're very good at this. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> um, the, uh, let's see. I, I think you know, the, the biggest advantage here um, is one that's actually kind of erupted spontaneously in maybe half the population, and is that is they are beginning to recognize that the enemy is primarily the federal government, um, and um, and they're sick of it. That's <laughs> I mean it's really <laughs> amazing when I talk to people. They they really uh, they think of the federal government and, and uh, they want to get sick um, and. When, and one of the things that I, I hope is happening is that they are beginning to differentiate between the government and the country. Yeah. And that's something I
1: press,
2: press on all the time. The, the, gun, the country and the government are not the same thing. They are very, very loyal to America, but they have almost completely lost their loyalty to the government. <laughs>
1: Which is good.
0: uh, Rick, uh, in my campaigning, uh, I came across a lot of challenges in in various areas, but one one has always been in the the, uh, foreign policy, because Mm -hmm. uh, the the conservative Republicans, obviously, are usually very much more hawkish than than the libertarians. And uh, the tool that they used, and the, the left uses it too, because they want to uh, you know, challenge you because there's so many special interests that depends on the military industrial complex. So they, uh, they, they claim that, uh, well, Ron Paul and those other people and the libertarians, we can't talk to them because they, they are isolationists. They don't want to deal with the world. And I've been fussing with that, and I think once every once in a while, I think I get a little bit of uh opening for that that people are starting to use the word not it, it isn't isolation it's non-intervention and does the opposite of that. It makes us less on isolated the world to me is isolated now because of that, and yet they, this is happening every single day with the judicial system, the FBI. They always flip it. If they're doing something wrong, they're blaming the other side for doing it. It sort of <laughs> reminds me of what I told Daniel and others when they come to work for me. They said, your job is going to be not be too difficult. I want you to check this legislation that's coming up, but you probably won't have to read more than the title, because the title is always wonderful. and You can just say, well, they're going to do the opposite. So." Uh, have you, have you uh, come across any discussion or thought about isolationism versus non-intervention being quite a bit different?
2: Oh, yes, um, and, and I'm speaking from experience here. When I was in the Air Force, I was in the 605th Air Commando Squadron, and I was stationed in Central America, and I was in three wars there. And it wasn't until many, many, many years later that I started looking at what I had been doing there, because they don't tell you the truth uh, when you're in the military. They just give you some story that leads you to think that you're doing something valuable here. And uh, what I found was that the, I was down there training the troops of dictators who were massacring innocent people and had enabled, or had uh, found a way to get support from Washington, because these these people in Washington who spend the money, they got no understanding at all of what the federal government is doing in other countries. And, wh- and what I found was, you know, I was, um, I was uh, helping people, like, for instance, um, General Rios Montt, who years later, <coughs> excuse me, years later, was um convicted of uh war crimes and genocide you know i was doing that i was helping train his troops and and i i'm still when i start talking about it i get enraged about it because i thought we we were protecting america we were doing something that was good for america but um instead uh these these foreign dictators they get influence in the u.s congress and they wind up getting, or, or State Department, and they wind up getting subsidized. You know, we, we Americans are subsidizing their tyranny, helping them massacre innocent people. Again, I was in three wars doing that, and um, <coughs> nearly got killed five times for nothing. Uh, you know, I mean, it's just, you, you have to have been there to understand right. What is is so insane about American foreign policy? This uh, remember, um, uh, oh, Secretary of State Madeleine Albright yeah. making this statement: um, "We, and see, if we have to use force, that is because we are America.
1: Yeah. We
2: are the indispensable nation. We stand tall. We see farther into the future." and that's what these foreign policy people in Washington do they they think they are some kind of gods who you know yeah, what's good right. for the rest of the world and that we should intervene in the rest of the world yeah. <laughs> i Go ahead. Go ahead.
0: Okay. No, D- Daniel has another question, but I want to make a quick comment on this. I think you could write an update on uh, war as a racket, Smedley Butler's yeah, book, yeah. since you were in South in South America and knew it firsthand again in the modern day. Yeah. But that was that was a uh, uh, you know an eye opener for me on his, his booklet. But Daniel, you have another. Oh, question? I was just going to
1: say, I was also thinking about uh, Perkins' the Confessions of an Economic Hitman. That sounds oh, yeah. a lot like what what Rick was involved in as well. But we want to get out the name, Richard J. Mayberry's U.S. and World Early Warning Report is the name of the newsletter. We're looking at the most recent copy of it right now, and we'll hold it up. Um, There's a lot of great stuff in here, Rick, and I like this one of your last pieces. I just like the headline so much. Protect your emotions against the flood of bad news and we tend to get, I especially, Dr. Paul is always upbeat, but I tend to get you know, down about all this stuff and I've just read this piece and it's great. And I also, it reminded me, because at the end of that little short piece in your n- latest newsletter, you pointed out something that we should, uh, that we should uh, uh, talk about, which are your Uncle Eric books. And it, it, I remembered now the title, Whatever Happened to Penny Candy, and it <laughs> reminded me of the homeschool bookstore we go to in Houston, We've homeschooled our, our kids uh, oh, all good. along, and there's a great shelf of books, and that is one of them, and your other books are there, and all of these anti-state <laughs> books are there in the homeschool, se- uh, in the homeschool bookstore in, in Houston of all places, so it, it is having a, a great impact, uh, the work that you've done in this area.
2: Well, thank you. Yeah, that's really great to hear. I appreciate that. And, and um, I, I hear that pretty often these days, which is what makes me a lot more uh, optimistic about America's future than I used to be. The the message of uh, the need to restore the system of liberty is, is so important, and it is starting to spread. And that's why those Uncle Eric books are so popular. We don't do any... Um, Um, conventional marketing with those. They they, they spread by word of mouth. And um, I think there's been more than 700,000 that have been sold, and the secondary readership on them uh, has to be at least three, maybe four, because they are used within families, and then they're passed on to other people. So uh, we know for a fact that we're having a big effect maybe not a big enough effect,
1: <laughs>
2: but, but more than what was going on before Uncle Eric was invented, um, I, I think. And uh, uh, I appreciate you acknowledging that, Daniel. Thank you very much. Well, okay. Thanks for writing. And, and
0: Rick, uh, th- this is a time I want to ask you to make sure the viewers are paying attention to know how to. Find these books, and what do they do? And and do, do you do you run a website on a daily basis? Something that you want to recommend, or how should they reach you? And and I'm sure it's on the internet someplace. But I let them know exactly what they can do to follow up with all your activities and be able to buy your uh, literature.
2: Yeah, um, very good. Thank you. Um, for the newsletter, it's very simple. Uh, EWR offer. Dot com. it's the newsletters name is early warning report so it's dot com. and then um, for the for the the general website that will tell you a lot more about me and the other stuff that's available um, that's uh, early warning report dot com.
0: very good that should be easy to remember easy
1: to remember yeah <laughs> (laughs) great Mm -hmm. (laughs) no i just want to express my appreciation for having this conversation with uh with rick it's been really fascinating dr paul
0: very good no rick it's been great uh it means that we ought to get together more often but uh i don't know they've handicapped my liberty because i have personally responded but I don't fly commercial anymore. <laughs> I had enough of it. <laughs> and uh, of course, going back and forth to Washington, even I yeah, now I'm starting to have a little guilt feeling. Well, why did I put up with so much even before the COVID nonsense? You know, they were poking and prodding me and would upset me. Daniel's had a few experiences like that too. You know, it's just terrible. It's easy to say, well, just a little bit, you know, and you and we put up with it. But uh, just so that we know what the target is, and you've done a great job on that and the target and that, you know, the, the, the difference between uh, tyranny and liberty is very precise. And if you don't, it, the other option is what we have, and that is chaos. So uh, that's what we're looking for. But uh, we certainly appreciate you being with us today.
2: Oh, thank you, Ron. Uh, and again, um, uh, I, I thank you so much personally for the work you're doing. Um, you know
0: we, we're all
2: here fighting the same fight, and uh, it's uh, it's great um, to be back in touch with you again. <laughs>
0: very, very good, let's stay in touch. And I want to thank our viewers for tuning in today. Please return to the Liberty Report soon.